podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Colin Watt and Laura Bradburn. We are looking at the rip-roaring, free-scoring, never-boring Glasgow Celtic. Colin Watt, talk us through that second half. Yeah, uh, another kind of two goals in the second half. Rounds up the season, as I said, at at half-time. It's kind of been played at a a pre-season pace, but that was good to see some good performances um, from the players. Cannibal Codembele getting his first senior goal, which is fantastic to see. Um, Chris Ayer getting on the score sheet, if you call it getting on the score sheet. I don't know if he'll get given that. That's one for the dubious goals panel. But no, four goals, a clean sheet. You can't really ask for much more, can you? What about yourself, Laura? Um, It's one of these ones... Before the game, we know that St Johnston have got a lot to play for because they want to uh, claim a place in the cup final side. But is that not more doing to the, the fact that Celtic were pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I, I was probably a little bit harsh in the first half saying that, you know, because of the pace that we were playing at, it uh, was maybe lending more to our strengths. But I think we took adva- full advantage of it and... Uh, it was encouraging to see the way that we played. Um, I think, I think with the time on the ball and with the space that we had, you know, the abilities of the players that we have that haven't always been available to see all season were on full display. So um, it was a it was an encouraging win. Um, unfortunately, this season it's been more of a rarity than than they expected. But um, but yeah, I just uh, I did enjoy it. Thank you, McGrory, for letting us know that Bruni has just shown where he's from. He's a Fifer. He's just swore live on Celtic TV. Um, yes, we were going to wait until the interview was finished on Celtic TV, but I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be uneventful nonsense from uh, a post-match interview, but we missed the best bit. I think when we look at Scott Brown, here's a wee list for you guys, right? Billy McNeil. 787 appearances Paul McStay 677 Roy Aiken 672 Danny McGreen 663 Pat Bonner 641 Alec McNair 641 Scott Brown 619 Incredible to think that he is the 7th most um, 
he has the seventh most appearances in uh, Celtic's history. Um, ahead now of Bobby Lennox, Bobby Evans, Jimmy McMenemy, Jimmy Johnston and Tommy Burns. Incredible. And when you look at uh, Scott Brown, he signed off with a, a quite sublime assist as well, Colin Watt. Oh, fantastic. I've seen someone on Twitter say that it was very similar to the assist at Ibrooks um, mm. when he played the ball over. It was. It's one of those long-range passes that he tries every now and again. And it was kind of... If he wasn't going to score tonight, it was written in the stars that he'd have an assist. And there was, without a doubt, he was always going to be man of a match. It didn't matter if he gets sent off, if he scored two on goals. He'd have been the man of a match tonight. And it was a, a nice send-off if slightly strange at the fact they came off after 60 minutes I thought he'd have maybe got the full 90 but fair play to him he is as I said captain leader legend and he, he's one of the one of the best to put on the hoops you just said it's a surprise we took somebody off after 60 minutes Colin um, I'll just leave that one hanging there Aero 250 convincing win and some good goals no complaints Capital Mark there is no doubt some quality still in the squad let's just announce and allow the new manager to mould and recruit here's one from Paul McKenzie why haven't we seen some of the young guys before now um, when Dembele came on I'm, I'm looking at him 18 years of age we've been struggling for width all season down both flanks by the way and at that stage we've got Johnston going down the left looking tricky, looking sharp We Dembele down the right it was Dembele's defensive work actually that caught my eye next thing you know he's given Turnbull the option on the other side of the park the finish was absolutely tremendous Laura, Dembele this season a lot of fans have written him off thinking you know he's going to just uh, run down his contract and leave then when we look a wee bit closer at his contract, he's still got a year left on the deal. You're looking at maybe the new man coming in. Eddie Howe, hopefully, uh, is the new man coming in. Johnston and Dembele, is that the future? I mean, Johnston, I'm not so sure about. I think he's had more of an opportunity um, and maybe hasn't cemented his place. What I don't get about the whole Dembele thing is... I can't remember the last time he came on in any of the few appearances that he's actually had a chance to make and hasn't had some kind of an impact. I don't know what more he's supposed to do to get his opportunity in the first team. Um, uh, I hope that uh, rather than be cast even further out of the manager's plans by the new person coming in, this set of fresh eyes, whoever they are, hopefully it is Eddie Howe, but whoever they are will look and see this diamond in the rough that that seems to have been ignored for as long as he has been because I think what really encouraged me, and I know you talked about the defensive stuff, but what really encouraged me about the goal was, apart from James Forrest, I can't think of another player in the team, maybe even the squad, who can go at players the way he can, can take them on, can give them something to fear, can get them on the turn. And that's exactly what he did. You know, that. And, and, and like you say, the finish was there. Um, he's, he's obviously got that touch of class as well. Like I say, if I was him, I'd be sitting thinking, you know, that it's, what, we're two years on now from him making his first team debut. What else is he supposed to do? See, when Turnbull had the ball there outside the box, so often this season we've been in a situation where there are no options, therefore he tries a long-range effort. Christie's guilty of that as well, Colin, I'm sure you'll remind us. But what Dembele did there is he gave him that option that he's not had all season. Just that simple bit of worth running in behind the, the last defender. Colin, I cut you off there. You were going to make a point yourself. No, I think it's just important to remember that he is only 18. I mean, if he was an 18-year-old breaking into the team just now and he'd, he'd kind of had those 
sort of 15, 20 minutes. It's what you'd be expecting for a young boy breaking in. The thing is, we've had this hype around him for the last, what, four or five seasons since he mm. made his reserve debut. Was it 14, 15 he was when he made his reserve debut? 13. So everybody's even younger. That's when people have been looking for for them to step up into the first team because everybody knows of the sort of talents that he's got. Um, but I think I'd like to have seen more of him this season. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing he's not made the breakthrough yet. And as you say, I think with a, a new manager getting a chance to coach him individually, I think he could go on to be a great player for us. Um, and I'm thankful, hopefully, he's got another 12 months, as you said, on his deal. And we'll see the best of him next year. Let's hope so. I mean, he was um, one of the, the hottest talents in European football, Colin. You know, 13 years of age. Next thing you know, there's a tug of war between Scotland and England. And there was moments this season where, as I say, we were crying out for that bit of creativity, that bit of width um, to stretch the back line. So often, you know, we've been screaming out for it. And there he is. He comes on and he shows us kind of what we've been missing. Now, Michael McKernan, first time I've seen a Celtic player with a smile on their face all season. It was good, actually, to see Scott. Brown wasn't it just to see him you know even after he's come off um, to be having that banter Laura that uh, David Turnbull spoke <laughs> about um, as well uh, Strange Love the Doctor pretty good stuff tonight I'm delighted for the Young Guns and the Old Guard absolutely um, as well as uh, Michael the Boy Dembele a starter for Sunday excellent goal from B Dembele would it not be great though Laura just to uh, reward him for his patience and for tonight's cameo performance by throwing him in from the from the start at the weekend, I, I would say so. I mean, if 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 tonight was about giving Scott Brown a good send off, then that was all that there was to ha- come out this game. Um, Sunday's game means even less, and therefore, you know, even less reason not uh, to put him in the team. Uh, we were talking before the game about you know one question you would ask Scott Brown. There's a lot of questions I would ask people at the club in general, but one that I would love to ask anybody who's willing to answer it is, please explain to us as Celtic supporters what it is that we're missing that you're not, that means he's not getting to the team, because I can't see anything unless there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of that that means that he hasn't gotten to the team so far, because... You know, if he I, I, personally, if he had been a bit older and we'd signed him for five million pounds, if 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 Klamala had come in and put in the performances that that Dembele has done, we would have a lot better opinion of him, and probably would have got a lot more chances as well. Yeah, absolutely, Colin. I think it's one of these ones. We're not getting over. Uh, we're not overreacting because of a, a small cameo. We're actually looking at Dembele as a whole, his entire career at Celtic. As you say, going back to when he made that slightly controversial appearance for the reserve team, mm-hmm. uh, unbeknown to Brendan Rodgers, who was unhappy about it, the hype that has surrounded this player. There comes a point where, at, at times this season, you kind of thought, "Well, it's time for you to live up to the hype," and he wasn't even on the bench. So he wasn't in the first. 20 picks and that's frustrating and and I think we've said that this season about the lack of game time for David Turnbull and, and even Sorrow, you know, when they were thrown in it was because we were kind of out of Europe at that stage anyway yeah. and, you know it, it does seem a bit frustrating that it's a bit uh, too little too late even Montgomery, and we'll come and speak about uh, young Adam Montgomery making his first appearance as Scott Brown bows out with his final Celtic Park appearance and he looked composed, he looked confident on the ball, made a few mistakes 
mistakes, that's fine. I think that's the only way you learn in uh, first team football. He looks very uh, creative actually going forward, which is probably harking back to his more offensive positions uh, mm-hmm. in the past, Colin. I had read out two teams if everybody leaves that we're expecting to leave. Uh, Montgomery and Dembele went in either of them. Uh, was I being a bit harsh there? No, he can't be classed as being harsh because you've not seen them. I mean, we've saw glimpses of what Dembele can do this season, but we've not seen him start a game. We've not seen even 45 minutes out of him. He got a 15-minute cameo tonight. He got a 15-minute cameo at Petaudry. But if you're doing that in 15-minute cameos, you at least should be getting more time. If it's half an hour, if it's 45 minutes, if it's 60 minutes from the start, but I wouldn't say it's harsh because you haven't seen what he's got. You've only seen glimpses. Montgomery looks as if he can do uh, the business. Came in, looked pretty sharp tonight. But as I said, that's only 60 minutes you've seen of him. You wouldn't make a judgment until he's played maybe five, ten games. Um, so it'll be good to have these guys in and around the squad next season. Um, and I think that is important. Because as I said at the start uh, of the game, Celtic's not going to go out and sign 12 first-team player um, first team players for the squad no. I know you can only play 11 it's not 11 first team players but you know what I mean but in the squad they're going to sign 5 or 6 really good players and then we're going to have to develop 5 or 6 more on top of that Yeah, um, ones that maybe weren't in people's consideration before um, this season started or have only just come into consideration so it's good to see these players getting the chance and as I said I'd like to see more of that hopefully the game on Saturday We'll maybe see Dembele start, we'll see um we'll see Montgomery start and we'll see who else maybe is coming through, Dane Murray. Interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, also, what will be interesting, Laura, is next season, obviously, we're going to have the Colts team playing in the Lowland, Lowland League. So how many of these young guys will be um, you know, playing in that side? Because th- there will be rules preventing, um, you know, jumping from one team to the other. Um, Montgomery, you would think, yeah, you know, he looked comfortable tonight. You sometimes wonder why these young guys haven't had more game time because when you look at the left-back situation, Taylor's your first choice, Laxalt's leaving. Um, who are your other choices? And I think previously, you know, Ball and Golly's still a Celtic player, but I'm pretty sure he'll be on his way. Then you're going down to the likes of Montgomery and uh, O2, who I think has performed really well for Clyde, Colin. Uh, mm-hmm. You kept an eye on yeah. the Clyde boys have been very impressed with him. But a lot of these guys will be in the, the second string next season. So um, although I take on board what, what Colin's saying, we won't have access to a lot of these young guys. No, and I think that's um, I think that's right. From, from my understanding, the rules were, I think if you play something like five games or you make five appearances for the first team, you won't be able to be used by the Colts team. So uh, that'll work in the opposite way as well, where they'll be reluctant to pull any players from the Colts team into the first team in case they can't then use them uh, later on in the season. Because uh, what you don't want is is having a player coming in for five or six games and then they can't really play for either team. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just a bit concerned about the Colts thing in general because I think somebody like Montgomery with all due respect to the Lowland League already looked like he was handling himself uh, well enough tonight that that the Lowland League for all the benefit that it might give him is probably a level below where he should be Um, and I still think that there's an argument to be made that you know, putting aside the, the discussions that have been had this week about the benefits for the rest of Scottish football of having the Colts team there looking at the players individually I still think they would benefit more from going to another, you know, 
team where they can get first team games going on loan to the championship or or, or some of the lower football leagues um, because I think it's not going to really benefit them to be playing against what in, in all intents and purposes are, are, are part time teams I think Sorry, Paul. I was just going to say, I don't think we'll see a lot of who you would class as the reserve team playing for the Colts next season. I think that'll be a challenge for the 18s. I think that'll be ones that you see playing under 18s, under 19s football that will make that step up. I still think those that will be at the club because there is always a sort of high turnover when it comes to the reserves um, in the summer. The ones that stay will probably either be in involved in the first team or out on loan, as Laura was saying. But I can see guys like Vincent Angelini uh, making the step up. Rudy Vata's boy, I think, 16 or 17. Things like that would be a good challenge for the 17 and 18-year-olds to play at that sort of level. Whereas I still think your Kern McEnroy's, your Scott Robertson's, if they're not involved, they'll probably go out to, as Laura's saying, a championship side, maybe a League 1 or League 2 side down south. I noticed there that... um on 63 minutes when Eddie and Moy both both missed guilt-edge chances one after the other. Jerry McCulloch said, how on earth did that one stay out? And I just thought, there's so many commentators, uh, cliches, it's unbelievable in football, and Collins just used one there, um, where you refer to a player as, as though there's two of them, so you're Kerr McEnroy's and you're Adam Montgomery's. It's a, such a football thing that, eh? I mean, there is only one Kerr McEnroy rather than there being two. Sorry, I'm just picking holes in what you're saying there, Colin. But um, Jim... Or when when we first started speaking about the Colts many many months ago, actually, you know, Jim Orr came up and said, "I'm not sure about this, the the level. I really am not sure if they're going to improve at that level." My argument was, "Well, surely the competitive football is play better than playing against other seventeen or eighteen year olds." Um, is that a big concern for you? Because there's another argument, and this would be almost impossible when you see the Ferrari around getting them into the Lowland League. The other argument, of course, was the bottom two divisions, um, League One and League Two, become regionalised, and then a lot more of the the Premier League sides put in Colts teams, Dundee United, your Dundee Uniteds, your Aberdeens. <laughs> um, they can, they can put in Colts teams, and obviously post uh, COVID these kind of clubs would be looking to save money in terms of travel etc so I quite like that idea but it would be a logistical nightmare to try and get that through um, because it would appear that um, although they see Celtic and Rangers have been self-serving a lot of the other teams I think the irony is that their attitude can sometimes be seen as self-serving as well so, so in terms of the level is that a concern for you Laura the, the level that they're playing at level 6 in, in uh, Scottish football level 5 Scottish uh- football it is because my understanding of that level of football and I'm more than happy for Amy Canavan to jump in and, and correct me on this because she's got a lot more knowledge of it than me but um, you know you're not dealing with uh, playing against other professional players at that level a lot of them are playing for on a part time basis um, are not you know athletes by any stretch of the imagination and so actually are you of more benefit playing against other 17, 18 year olds whose full focus is football and who will maybe have more ability than the people that you are playing against? Because I, I, I feel a little bit like, you know, the the argument that's been put forward for the benefit of, of what these Colts players are going to have is that they're going to be playing against real men who are physical and who are this and that, that they won't get... I don't think that's the way football is going. I don't think that's the way we should be trying to get football to go. I think we should be trying to get them to play against players of equal or better ability and not necessarily just worrying about whether they can take a kick in or not. And I think that's maybe what the focus is. 
I would disagree with you on that, Laura. I think when you look at some of those teams that's coming through, and as you said, there's one person that's getting most experience in this, and that's Amy. But looking at some of those uh, teams that's coming up, Kelty. Kelty had guys like yeah. Nathan Austin, Callum Higginbottom. Um, so there is some really good players being attracted to that league. And I know East Kilbride's have- another one, I think. Yeah, well, well, on the East Kilbride, all you have to do is look back to the game that we played against them in the Scottish Cup a couple of seasons ago to show that there is actually some, not great football, but some decent football to be played at that level. Um, So I I think if you're going to be 17 and 18 coming up against that, you're going to learn lessons and you're going to grow up as a player. Um, And I think it should be... Um, the, I, I think it's the level that suits the 17 and 18 year olds. We take a look at the Colts' performances in the Iron Brew, Tunnocks, whatever sort of cup it is that it's called nowadays. Um, they don't actually get into the later rounds. They, they maybe get past one or two of the, the League One and League Two sides, but then they, mm. they kind of crash out of the competition. If that was their level, we would be in the semi finals and the finals of that competition, but they're not. So. I think that level is the right level for them to come into and I'm I'm actually quite excited to see some of the games. So my Brian Murphy comes in on YouTube to say, how do we persuade young Dembele to stay? Lenning leaving him to rot all season means he's likely to leave. Uh, words that we got at Axon was that he was actually, and I'm not making this up, uh, Colin, before you start, uh, he was offered a loan deal to Queen's Park uh, prior mm-hmm. to Luca Connell going there. And, uh, you know, Dembele's attitude at that point was he had seen some of his contemporaries going to clubs like Bayern Munich uh, on permanent deals and he um, refused to go to, to Queen's Park. And, um, because of that, he disappeared from view and he wasn't part of the 20-man squad for some time. And I do feel, you know, on the one hand, you've got to, you know, put players in their place at times if they, if they are uh, getting above their station, Colin, but um, not to the detriment of your own team and not to the detriment of the player's long-term career. And I think that, you know, I, I would have expected more of a contribution this season from young Dembele. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, if he if that's the reason why he wasn't involved in the squads, it's it's not the the best way to handle the situation. But then again, Celtic do have a, a kind of history of not handling situations like that in the best way. I mean, take a look at um, Mikey Johnson when he came off against St Johnston and the way that Neil Neil Lennon reacted to him. Do you know what I mean? Um, so. I'm not surprised, but it's good to see him back in amongst the squad. And if he has got that 12-month contract that um, seems to be the, the story, then with a new manager, clean slate, we'll see what we can get out of him next year. And maybe if he plays 10, 12 games, then he'll look to sign a longer-term deal. Aye, definitely. Paul Campbell is uh, getting in touch just for you, Laura. I'll let you answer that one. He does, and I called it a while ago. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. The, the lax out comment got me some heat, but I had already experienced it with that Turnbull and McStay comment. Yeah, uh, she no, did. But yeah, but honestly, I mean, obviously, I have no right saying too much about Paul McStay. I was I was a child when he was even in the later years of his career. Um, he was more my big brother's hero than mine. But you know, even if it's not necessarily in terms of exact style of player. Uh, I think David Turnbull just excites me so much about being a young player that we can build the team around. We can, he's got such great ability. He can open defences. Y- you just need to make sure we build a team that can supply him with the ball. And I think we've got a, we've got a winner in our hands there. Yeah, absolutely. The very mention of Paul McStay takes me back because he was my original Celtic hero. He's sitting at number two in the all-time appearance list with 677 appearances. But one thing I always thought was that um, 
obviously he carried the Celtic side for many years where we saw probably the best of Paul McStay in 1987-88 where he was Scotland's player of the year still a young player at that time and then you know it was quite laboured for several years after that to be a Celtic player and he carried the, the, the team for several seasons so that was unfortunate for Paul McStay and I didn't think that he should have been the captain Colin as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more Yes. Colin, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yeah, I can hear. <laughs> the the captain's armband uh, did a little round robin today. It went from Scott Brown to James Forrest, and then onto the arm of Chris Iyer. So there was a bit of a link there. It just went a bit quiet. So I was wondering if you were still with us. Um, Chris Iyer got the captain's armband. I've been uh, suggesting that he is a natural born leader. Is there any way we can go into the new season with Chris Iyer still at the club? I mean, he's someone that. You know, some Celtic fans don't think he's a defender. Uh, our very own Lawrence Cornley thinks that he should be utilised at right back. Uh, other people reckon that he'd be better just in front of the defence. One way or another, I think he's one of our best players. And I think that when you win a player's player of the year, and it shows you the respect that uh, your performances um, are held in with your colleagues, with your contemporaries, that says a lot for me. And I think that there is a, a leadership quality in Chris Iyer. I've already written off Eddie as has most Celtic fans and, and Ryan Christie can we keep Chris Iyer at the club? I think it would be a bonus to the team if we could keep him at the club I know and certainly on this channel it's been pretty interesting hearing all the different arguments um, I know Tony Haggerty is very vocal in the fact that he's not a, an Iyer fan he would move Iyer on and there's a couple others that would probably do the same for me I think if you're going to rebuild a team You've got to try and keep one or two of your best players, and I are certainly one of them. Um, I would keep him if it was possible. I think he'll probably want to make the next move depending on his career, but it'll all depend on who's interested in him. If you go back to last summer, he had the chance to potentially go to AC Milan if the bid had came in. That would have probably been a great move for him. If that kind of club's interested in him again in the summer, then I could see him moving on. But I couldn't see him going down to maybe a a Burnley or a Norwich or someone that's coming up like that I think he would want to maybe stay for another season and rebuild his reputation um, to get himself linked back to these clubs um, but yeah it's kind of it's a sad thought when you think on it that there's probably quite a few players out there that have played their, their last game for Celtic at Celtic Park and there was nobody really there to see it it wasn't just Scott Brown it could be Odson Edward could be Chris Iyer could be Ryan Christie could be a couple others it's definitely John Joe Kenny's um, but it is a it's it is quite sad that there was there was nothing there. Even the sort of way that Celtic laid out the banners and stuff, it it was a bit kinda of small time. Well, Capo Mark says that he has a feeling McGregor will be a great leader for us. Uh, obviously, McGregor was sitting in the stand following his red card against Rangers. What do you think about that, uh, Laura? How many of that team do you reckon have played their last game in the hoops at Celtic Park? I, th I think there's certainly a few of them. I think. Uh Elianusi possibly has, if only for um, the fact that I don't know that we could necessarily afford them going into next season. Um, John Joe Kenny hopefully has. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm more on Tony's side as far as rating him as a defender. 
where I think he could play better. I think he was a bit of a revelation earlier in the season when he had to be used at right back. I actually think he's a much better player when he has less defensive responsibilities. Whether that means moving him all the way into midfield or just giving him a, a position uh, on either flank uh, would would be interesting to see. Um, having said that, uh, with the calibre of clubs you're talking about, looking at them, um, especially with AC Milan being one of them, you know, if they come in, uh, I think you're going to find it very hard to keep a hold of them. Um, as far as that last comment goes about McGregor being a great leader for us, um, it's an interesting thought because I think everybody said, no, he's not a leader and he's not... You know, he's not captain material and whatever. That's, that's I guess, if you are looking at it from the point of view of trying to get Scott Brown, Scott Brown 2.0, which you're never going to do. Um, he could be a very different captain. He could be a much quieter captain, but no less effective. He could maybe perhaps lead by example because everybody mm. knows he is, you know, a consummate professional, never gets himself in any kind of bother. And, and he's certainly somebody that, that younger players or other players in the squad could look up to as a role model and maybe that's just a slightly different way of approaching the captaincy. So it's not to not to rule it out from, from Callum's point of view at all. I think James Forrest would fall into that category as well. I think, when, sorry Paul, I think when you kind of go back to when Scott Brown was given the captain's armband, I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure, and somebody may correct me if I'm wrong, because I was still young at the time. I don't think he was the kind of obvious choice for him to take over he was still someone that had a lot of maturing to do as a Celtic player um, so although we're saying Callum McGregor might not be someone that's very vocal that's not to say that it's not he's not someone that can grow into that role when he's given the responsibility when the kind of the reins are taken off him he knows he's not got Scott Brown to turn to now so he's got to be that man to step up so mm. there's always that uh, possibility it's a good point I, I think um you're absolutely right, actually, Colin, because I vividly remember, and it was Tony Mowbray that gave uh, Scott Brown the captaincy. It wasn't Neil Lennon, as was claimed earlier on today on Axon. It was definitely Tony Mowbray. But um, I think when he was given it, we were kind of surprised, but um, there weren't that many natural leaders in the side at that time. I think that was maybe one of the problems at that, that particular point. And Tony Mowbray obviously seen something in Scott Brown. So there's two things Mowbray has done at Celtic. And the first one was uh, to introduce the huddle. And the second one was to introduce the captaincy of Scott Brown. So we all done big mogger. Didn't work out as a manager for us. And uh, he didn't play in the greatest of times or the greatest of teams uh, when he was a player. But I'll always be fond of Tony Mowbray uh, for some of the things that he did. Now, Kevin Graham comes in uh, to say, correct, Colin. Now, that, that's interesting because on the Axon WhatsApp group, nobody agrees, but correct, no, Colin. <laughs> Ke- Kevin agrees with you. The season has been small time. Tonight, the banners were a half hearted afterthought. We are the biggest small club in the world. Um, now, We've spoken about the culture of Celtic. We're, we're talking about the disenchantment of the Celtic support. It's happened again today uh, with, obviously, the Green Brigade getting their knuckles wrapped by the club and then responding. Um, now, how much of a repair job does Dominic Mackay have to do, Colin, and how big a part of that repair job will the announcement of Eddie Howe be? I think it's definitely the, the first bit of paper and over the cracks. Um, and it will be enough to get the, the season ticket shifted. It's it's a long-term thing that Mackay's got to do, and I, I think he probably has took one look at the job that he's got and realised it was probably a lot bigger than what he first applied for. Um, look, there's, we've said all season, the disconnect between 
the Celtic fans and the Celtic board has never been bigger. And a lot of people will say, well, it's just an overreaction to this season. You've had it great for the last nine years. Over the last nine years, you could point out times when the Celtic fans were knew there was this sort of disengagement from the board, knew that what the board was showing as their values weren't the values of the club that mm-hmm. we believed in um, and not the values of the fans either. So the success sort of brushed over a lot of that. And then this season, everything's just been laid bare. Mm-hmm. So the appointment of Eddie Howe, if that is the next manager, will be a good first step. This um, meeting with the fans groups um, that Dominic Mackay is supposed to be doing tomorrow, that would be a good step. But to start a, a sort of proper interaction with the fans, I know they did have a fans focus thing that so many fans went up and met with uh, John Paul Taylor and stuff inside Celtic Park. It used to be a, a quarterly event or something like that. That mm. has to be expanded. Um, the, the fans are the lifeblood of the club. There wouldn't be a club without us. So it's time for them to actually listen to what the fans are saying, take it on board. And it's only when they start doing that that the relationship can start to be fixed. Look after the fans. Look after the former players. That's uh, two big messages that I think we're going to be getting from today. Jungle Lion comes in. Welcome back. Uh, amazing what a new manager can do uh, to these want-away players. I think Colin has raised that point really well in the last couple of weeks to say that um, there's no way you can bring in 12 brand new players. We've seen how difficult it was to just bring in six this season. Um, it may be far closer to the six figure and then you're looking to try and rejuvenate maybe four or five of the guys and I would include Callum McGregor in that who have gone off the boil or not had their best season. Um, when we're looking at season tickets, Laura, I'll come to you on this one. There might be actually a, an opportunity here. There might be a watershed moment because um, I think that in the past you buy your season ticket you pay your money, you go to the games, the end. Uh, is it time for us to look at some of the models that you get in terms of membership? Should a season ticket be more of a membership? Starting off by offering the added value of various benefits to try and make up uh, what you would see maybe in a shortfall of, of the season ticket. But then that becomes the norm. So if you buy a season ticket going forward, all these added value benefits become the norm and you get much better value for your buck when you buy a season ticket you get certain things for free as part of your season ticket like access to Celtic TV other than live games because obviously there are broadcasting issues around that um, you get sent a free programme digitally you get sent the free Celtic View subscription it would maybe cost you I don't know how much a year these days uh, you get discounts in the Celtic shops you get a season ticket for the Celtic women's games you get a season ticket for the Celtic Colts games do you think this is an opportunity to try and package it differently going forward I, I think so because um, you know the the TV thing is obviously an entirely separate matter for, for issues that are out with the club's control but I know for a fact for example you know I, I have said often enough and, and to, to many people's um, sort of shock that I don't currently own a season ticket the reason that uh, I ended up giving up the season ticket was because I was actually uh, moved away from Glasgow for a number of years and, and wasn't making it to games as frequently as I wanted to and therefore had to give that up um, and there will be a lot of people in the same position who want to contribute to the club in some form who are able to um, hopefully be in the pi- financial position to do so but maybe don't have the the time or, or the ability to go to games every week because of family or other reasons or financial reasons or work reasons or whatever it is 
I think a membership would give um, fans an opportunity to remain part of the club to feel like they're contributing financially and like you say to get something a little bit back for for being a supporter um, some of the ideas you say there like are, are good ideas you know if you're paying a yearly fee maybe you can get some kind of regular discount at the club shop or you can get a discount on games uh, that are maybe not selling as well and like the League Cup or something like that uh, and even for players who are uh, players, fans who are overseas, um, their opportunity to get, you know, gift packs or things like that um, and feel part of the club in a way that they don't at the moment um, can only be a good thing. And if we're looking at it from the cold, in the cold, hard light of day, um, it'll benefit the club because I'm sure you'll get a lot of people who are currently contributing nothing financially to, to the club that would in that instance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And of course, I forgot to say a couple of free pints in the Kerrydale as well <laughs> um, on match day. So, uh, Colin Watt, uh, we have discussed all the, the positives from tonight's game. We don't look for the negatives. Um, we just comment on what we're seeing in front of us. It's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks for a Celtic state of mind. Hopefully, tomorrow we'll have some more information because we will be part of the Scott Brown press conference Um so I asked you what you thought we should ask him. You came out with something absolutely ridiculous involving <laughs> dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaurs and dogs. Um, anybody else who wants us to pose a question to Scott Brown, give us a shout, and we will ask him um, if it's sensible. Obviously, uh, to, and Laura. To be fair, Paul. To be fair, I did come up with a better suggestion than that. You did. Yes, Tommy Burns, the late, great Tommy. Um, The big thing for me would be, and I think a lot of Celtic fans agree with this, rename Lennox Town, the Tommy Burns Academy. I think that's a must. So that's the third point. If we ever get a chance of um, an audience with Dominic Mackay, look after the fans, look after the ex-players and rename Lennox Town Tommy Burns Academy. And that would be a good start. Now, it's been brilliant tonight. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. The Celtic women's team, we're drawing nothing each with Glasgow City, so we'll keep an eye on that. And we'll report on it tomorrow. So thank you once again for getting involved on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. And thank you to Laura and Colin for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.